0: Welcome back to today's episode of Deeper Life. Listen and be blessed. Oh, I, love, I, love. I love you, Jesus. I love I love you. I I love I love I love hearts are grateful for where we are it's because of you that we are where we are tonight Lord we ask that you will have your way in us some trust in horses and chariots but we trust in you Lord the Bible says he who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it father we have begun a race We want to end it well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and in verse 27 Paul says, I beat my body and I bring it under subjection that after I have preached to others I will not lose the price. Father, tonight how important it is for us that, Lord, not only do we begin this race, this glorious, beautiful, awesome, wonderful race that leads to eternity. We know there is a crown that awaits us, a crown of glory. We know that our Savior is waiting to look and say to us, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But, Lord, we also know tonight, Lord, there are many afflictions, many challenges, many things around us that can lure us away from the call and purpose of God over our lives. Your word says, Many are called, few are chosen. God's calling comes to everyone. God calls a lot of people, but it's very few who want to walk in your perfect will. It's very few who want to walk in in that calling, willing to sacrifice. And tonight we thank you, Jesus, we are, where we are because of you. Tonight, I just want to remind you of a couple of scriptures God has been speaking to me in the midst of all the great and glorious outpouring of the Holy Spirit in John 14, 15, 16. You know, God is talking about how, you know, the Holy Spirit will come. In the midst of all of that, there's a very powerful word that Jesus speaks about himself. Um... That's vital to meditate upon tonight. John chapter 14. And in verse 30, Jesus said, I will no longer talk much with you. For the ruler of this world is coming. And he has nothing in me. The ruler of the world is coming. But he has nothing in me. Jesus was talking about what was about to come against his life. Sometimes it's very important to understand that as we come to the last of the last days, there are many things that will come against the body of Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and verse 24, in the last days, even the very elect will be deceived. In Thessalonians, when Paul writes, he said, Unless the falling away comes first The son of perdition Will not be revealed So there is a time That's coming to the church Where there will be a falling away Men Second Timothy chapter 3 Paul writes from verse 2 Men will be lovers of themselves Boasters Proud Headstrong haughty, Unthankful Unholy unloving, unforgiving. You know, Paul was writing about a time that will be evident where everything will be about I, me, myself, and what I want to be and what I want to become. And he warned about a time that there will be a form of godliness. So there is a time of falling away that's coming. There's a time of deception that's coming. In Galatians 6, 7, and 8, Paul wrote, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will reap. He who sows in the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows in the spirit will of the spirit reap eternal life. Paul was saying the time will come uh, to to the church in Galatia. He's saying uh, in in chapter 3, he says, You who began in the spirit, why do you walk in the flesh he was talking about a time that the church moved out of walking after the spirit of god into a time of humanism into a time of worldliness into a time of uh, becoming you know very uh, making their lives very relevant to the world around them and trying to to be like the world and trying to behave like the world and do things like the world And Paul tells them, you know, what you sow is what you reap. What you do with your life, what you speak. Sometimes we forget the tongue has power of life and death in it. Those who love it, the Bible says, will eat its fruit. Sometimes we don't realize that we are what we are speaking. You know, um, you can never find peace around you unless you have peace in your heart. And we know from the Bible that some of the, the greatest men, you look at Balaam, you know, Balaam could not prophesy against the children of God. Paul, Balaam, even from the mountains, saw a depic- depiction of Jesus. He could see the formation of a cross among the children of Israel. He could see the salvation of Israel and uh, he could not He could not curse the children of Israel. But what Balak offered him, what Balak said to him, you know, it did something to his heart. Eventually, we read in the book of Revelation and, and in other places, how God says, I hate the doctrine of Balaam how he made the children of Israel fall. In spite of not being willing to prophesy, in spite spite of not being willing to, you know, say things, in his heart, something was not right. He eventually told these Moabites, these people, about how they could deceive the children of Israel. He eventually fell in the trap. The Bible says in 1 Samuel uh, in 1 Kings and verse 11 Solomon a man of wisdom a man who walked with God a man who experienced the glory of God a man who was visited by God a man who took up the throne of one of the greatest kings of Israel Wonderful, awesome man. The Bible says there was no one as wealthy as him in all the earth. Rich in popularity, wisdom. Built a temple for God that his father could not build. The temple was filled with the glory of God. But there was one little thing in his heart. One thing. One thing. Sometimes, my friend, it's the one little thing in our hearts that can destroy our own lives. Love for money, love for popularity, love to be recognized like somebody else, love to be like somebody else, love to show the world that I can also be rich and powerful. I can also drive a good car. Sometimes it's love for something that nobody can see in us that brings us compromises in our life. The one little hidden thing that will compromise the great and glorious God who lives inside of us. The Bible says like this in 1 Kings chapter 11 and verse 2. From the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. For so it was in verse 4, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned his heart from other gods after other gods and the heart was not loyal to the Lord, his God as was the heart of his father, David. Just one thing. Solomon loved foreign women. He knew the promise of God. He knew what God had spoken to him. He knew what God had had declared over his life. He knew what God had spoken to him. And yet, the one thing, loved foreign women. One compromise brought this greatest king. The Bible says, Solomon built temples for his wives. Can you just think about it for one moment? The very hands that built the temple of God ended up becoming the very hands that built temples for demons. Sometimes it's the one little thing, one little thing that can change our lives. 1 Samuel chapter 15, talking about Saul. First king of Israel, called by God, anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Chosen by God. This is again I'm saying many are called, few are chosen. This man was chosen. Chosen to be the first king of a nation. The Bible says like this. In verse 9. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good and were unwilling to destroy them. But everything despised and worthless, that they utterly destroyed. Unwilling. God saw that Saul was unwilling to obey him. You know, sometimes, you know, we can look so spiritual on the outside. We can look so... Godly on the outside. We can even be in the ministry, my friend. As I say this, I don't speak because I have overcome. I speak to you what God speaks to me. Sometimes it's that one little thing in our heart. One little thing in our heart. You know, sometimes we say with our, you know, we say like this, you know, I follow my heart. I followed my heart. God doesn't want us to follow our heart. God wants us to follow him. I felt nice in my heart. I felt peace in my heart. I felt this is the right thing to do in my heart. God is not talking about your heart. God is talking about his word. Sometimes we pray and ask God for an answer for something that he has already answered in the Bible. He has already told us what to do and what not to do. And sometimes we are saying, God, but can I do it? And then we go by a feeling and look at this, you know, it's just saying Saul was unwilling to utterly destroy. Jeremiah chapter six and verse 20. Jeremiah six and verse 20. God says, for what purpose to me comes frankincense from Sheba, sweet cane from a far country, Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices sweet to me. God says, who cares how much of offering you put? Who cares what are the best things you do for me when your heart is not with me? When in your heart, you are not with me. In your heart. Let me read a scripture to you. Ezekiel chapter 33 the Bible says from verse 30, as for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you beside the walls and in the doors of the houses. And they speak to one another, everyone saying to his brother, please come and hear what the word is that comes from God. He says, you know, these people, God is telling Ezekiel, these people are talking to you, talking about you. They are, they're even talking to one another and saying, let's go and listen For the prophet has come and he's come out, brought a word from God. He says, they want to listen to you because they believe you have a word from me. In verse 31, he says, so they come to you as people do. They sit before you as my people and they hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth, they show much love, but their hearts pursue Their own gain. God is saying with their mouth, they show much love. But their hearts. God is saying they can sing well. They can worship well. They can speak about me well. They can be even so spiritual. But he says in their heart, it's about their own personal gain. Own personal gain. Jeremiah chapter 8 and in verse 7, God says, even the stock in the heavens knows their appointed times and the turtle thou, the swift and the swallow observe the time of their coming. But my people do not know the judgment of the Lord. God is saying to Jeremiah, you know, people can discern times. They can discern what is happening around them. They can discern many things, but they don't understand The judgment of the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 9, 13 and 14. God says, and the Lord said, Because they have forsaken my law, which I set before them, and have not obeyed my voice, nor walked according to it, but they have walked according to the dictates of their heart, and after the baals which their fathers taught them, what is God saying? He says, uh, these people called by my name are walking after the dictates of my heart, of their own heart. Their heart is telling them what to do and they simply follow it, but not after the voice of God. Well, none of us are perfect, but there's something we can learn from another man who missed his life but turned his life upside down, David. David followed his heart. David did what his heart felt it should do. David looked at Bathsheba, he wanted her. He saw her, he wanted her, he slept with her. He killed Uriah, her husband was a disaster and he felt he did not feel remorse he did not feel anything until the word of the Lord came to him through Nathan the prophet and when the word of the Lord came to him it broke him and out of this brokenness Paul writes uh, David writes Psalm 51 and look at his words In verse four, he says, three and four, he says, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Look at how he recognizes God. He's not going by feelings and emotions. He's speaking the truth from his heart. He says, Lord, my sin is before my eyes. And he says, Lord, even before my sin against Uriah, even before my sin against Bathsheba, even before my sin against myself, he says, firstly, I have sinned against you. Against you and you alone have I done this wickedness. He recognizes His fault. He recognizes his fault. The Bible goes on to say in verse 10, just love this word, because it's a, uh, let me tell you something tonight, you know, it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter, none of us are perfect, but sometimes it's the one little thing that we love, hidden deep in our hearts, that causes our downfall. But it's amazing to see how God is ready to, not condemn us, but to lift us up. And how will he lift us up? Because he wants to hear what David prayed. Out of our own lips, in verse 10 and 11, David says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. The first thing David says is, Lord, my heart is not right. In Proverbs, the Bible says, as in water face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals himself. Paul, David realized that, is, that he's doing what he's doing because his heart is not right. He says to God, Lord, create in me a clean heart. He says, God, my, um, my attitude needs to change. My ways need to change. I'm doing what I'm doing because my heart is not right. And then he says, renew a steadfast spirit within me. Renew a right spirit. He says, my spirit is not in tune with you. It's not in tune. I do what I do and I do it wrong because my heart and my spirit is not okay. I can be an anointed man. David was an anointed man. You must remember, David was an anointed man, called by God, positioned to be a king, was a priest because of the anointing. He had a lot of freedom to do things in the spiritual because of the anointing. You know, because we are anointed doesn't mean all that we do is right. But David says, my spirit is not right, Lord. Um, this is not right. He says, this is not right. What's going on in my life is not right. My heart is not right. So he says, Lord, create in me. Let a new heart come over my heart. Let a new heart come. In Ezekiel, God says, I will take away a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And that's what exactly David wanted. He said, God, take away my this evil heart, this heart that's not right, and give me a heart of flesh. And then came the cry from the depths of his being. He says in verse 11, Do not take your Holy Spirit away from me, Do not cast me away from your presence. David said, God, please, Lord, don't. I don't want to lose this precious grace and anointing over my life. Want to, I want to tell you under the new covenant, under the old covenant, the spirit of God came upon people for a particular time, for a particular purpose. Under the new covenant, he's always with us. That's why Ephesians 4 and verse 30 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You know, under the new covenant, if you're anointed, and if you do things that are not right, we it's even worse. We keep the spirit of God with us, and we break his heart. We simply injure him. And that's the, that's the big trouble under the new covenant. He never leaves us. God is always with us. So I want to tell you tonight, you know, <clears throat> there's anything. In our hearts. A one little thing that holds you back. There's a one little thing in your heart that's not right before God. there's one little thing that causes you to fall again and again and again tonight, lift it up to God and say to God, Lord, I want to I want to be like David. But well, none of us are perfect. None of us are are above the mark. We are working our salvation with fear and trembling. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But he's able. God is able. We don't need to come to that place in our life where we were once under the glory of God, but now we are a lost people. We cannot. We don't need to. In, um, in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, In verse 39, Hebrews 10 and verse 39, the Bible says like this, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition. The Bible says, but we are not of those who draw back to destruction, but of those to the saving of the soul. The Bible says we're not called to be destroyed. Because in the previous verse, he says, God says, if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. God says, you know, My soul loses pleasure on the one who falls away. And so God says, you know, and so the Bible says, but we are not made to be destroyed. The anointing upon your life, the anointing upon our lives is not for destruction. It's for growth. It's to make you better. It's to make you godly. It's to make you holy. It's to make you the person that God has made you to be. So tonight, would you close your eyes for one moment as we pray and ask the Lord, God, if there's anything, anything in my life, Jesus said in John 14, in verse 30, under the midst of this great anointing and the Holy Spirit and the Father, the Son, that he explains about, he says, Satan is coming, but he has nothing in me. Tonight, Can we say that along with Jesus? God, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. God, we know Satan is coming. But we don't want anything in us that he can use to destroy us. God, we don't want anything, anything. Tonight, would you open your heart to the Lord and say to God, like a little child, forgive me, Lord. Wash me with your blood. Take away my desires. Desires of things that are not of you. The desires of things that are contrary to your word. Desire for things that are against the laws, the ordinances of God. And will you forgive me, God? I want to tell you tonight, God will raise you up build your life, restore your life, and bring meaning and purpose to your life. He will make you the man and the woman that he has made you to be. Don't be discouraged. God's word doesn't come to condemn us or to judge us. God's word comes to correct us, to encourage and build us. The Bible says, all scripture is given for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, in righteousness. That the man of God may be thoroughly equipped. That's what we need today. We need the Holy Spirit to equip us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. How we can be men and women. that God has made us to be. One minute, will you just open your mouth before we pray and finish. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Let this word sink deep into our hearts. Rabahando Sharaba Rebarabaraba Sundarobo Rebaramando Robo Riyakaramando Tonight we stand before the cross Before the one who laid down his life That we can have freedom and victory Would you look at this Jesus who died for you Laid down his life for you Paid the price for you Would you tell him Lord Forgive my sins Forgive me if there is anything in me that is not of you. Sometimes it may not be a big sin that you're thinking of. It can be a little attitude. It can be a hidden motive. It can be a little attitude. Sometimes, you know, we are hard because of pride. Spiritual pride. Sometimes we bind the people around because we are bound on the inside. Sometimes we put rules and regulations over people because we are bound on the inside. Spirit of control. Let it be broken tonight. May God have his way, my friend. Remember Jesus is a God of mercy and grace. Unmerited favor tonight is over your life. The mercy of God is upon your life. We are in the season of grace and mercy. You come under that cloud of glory. Come under this precious grace and mercy. Tell the Lord, Lord, I bring myself under you tonight. Your grace come upon me. Your mercy come upon me. Forgive me. But there'll be nothing in me that will take me away. There'll be nothing in me, Lord, that Satan will one day use to destroy my life. Lord, let there be nothing in me. Come on, my friend. Tears today is better than tears tomorrow. Tears today will bring joy tomorrow. He who sows in tears will reap in joy, the Bible says. Let God break our hearts that we may be one with Him, that we may walk with Him. <laughs> Psalm 1 1, from 1 the Bible says Blessed is the man Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly Stands in the way of sinners Nor sits in the seat of the scornful But his delight is in the law of the Lord And his Lord as he meditates day and night He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water Which will yield its fruit in its season And whatever he does will prosper It is to prosperity God has called you Thank you Lord tonight for your word Pray for my dear brothers and sisters, those who need a healing, those who have a sickness in their body, those who need a breakthrough in their lives. You are able to heal them. Tonight we speak healing in the mighty name of Jesus over every person. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit in our hearts. Keep us simple, humble. Help us to walk with you day after day. Thank you for tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us with Deeper Life. And uh, may the Lord bless you. Be encouraged, be strong. When you walk with God, glorious days are ahead of you. God has a great purpose for your life. The, The closer we walk with God, the more we hang on to God. Just walk with Him. I tell you, His Spirit over us will bring us to a place of God's glorious fulfillment of his purposes over your life so god bless you have a blessed week this broadcast is from transforming nations for jesus if you would like to get in touch with us please write to us at transforming nations for jesus at gmail.com thank you for joining us be blessed